Father, I thank you that you care about all of us, that you show your love, your intense love for humanity in the way you chose Israel to show your heart, to demonstrate your salvation and your redemption. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for the prayers of this church as we go to Israel for the next number of weeks. Lord, I thank you for divine appointments. And Lord, I declare this couple at the gym, Lord, I declare that their eyes will be opened to Yeshua Messiah as their Lord and Savior. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you move now on your scripture in these next moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, being Father's Day, I felt led to share a little bit about, uh, talk a little bit about families and about God's heart for families and about how to think about your family and about salvation coming to your entire household. And hopefully I can share some things here as we look into Scripture, some things that will ways that you can encourage yourself in the Lord, maybe when some in your household are not currently saved yet. I say yet. Over the years, I've met many Christians who are concerned about family members who are not born again. What I mean by born again is they, or saved, is what I I mean, they have not turn the leadership of their lives yet over to Jesus Christ. They've not asked forgiveness of their sins. They've not repented. And maybe they have in the past, but they're not currently living for the Lord. And so they're concerned about their their relatives. And they potentially, I've seen many, they, they fall into discouragement, into depression. And if they're not careful, they themselves can slip into unbelief. They can slip into compromise and lose the joy of their salvation. And so I want to start today, and this is a more of a brief message, but I want to share to start today with, it's in your your notes there, with three, I would say, words of warning and counsel for you today if you have that situation where there's a relative who doesn't know the Lord. First of all, do not let the enemy use that situation to rob you of the joy of your salvation. As long as you continue to radiate the joy of your salvation, that is a continual testimony and a challenge to those family members that don't know the Lord yet. And it's a challenge to all family members. But you continue to say in your own heart, I'm going to continue to walk in the joy of the Lord. Second, don't give way to discouragement. You see, when you lose the jo- if you lose the joy of your Lord, let me back up a little. If you lose the joy of, your lo- of the Lord in your own life, instead of you drawing them into salvation, in a certain sense, they can draw you out of your own victory, your own spiritual victory. And so related to that is this second thought. Don't give way to discouragement. Please hear me this morning. Discouragement does not come from the Holy Spirit. 
It's important to see that. It's not just, well, I'm feeling gloomy today. Many times there is an evil spirit of discouragement that tries to come against you. And so resist that. Resist discouragement. God is not a God of discouragement. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit the comforter. He is the encourager. He does not discourage the children of God. And so resist discouragement and run to the Lord when you feel like discouragement is trying to overtake you. We're going to look at some things in a minute that will encourage us, I believe. But I love, there's a song in the prayer room that they sing. And many times when I felt discouragement just kind of be on me like a blanket, I remember the words of this song in the prayer room in Kansas City, the International House of Prayer. They sing, it is better for me when I am with you. It is better for me to draw near. And I think about it in those moments when I don't feel those feelings. I run to him. I say, I want to draw near to you, Lord. Sing to the Lord. Read scripture. Declare the word. Put on worship music. But take, the Lord will take off a spirit of heaviness and put on a garment of praise. I believe even now the Lord wants to, in these next moments, to take off any kind of spirit of heaviness and replace it. I love God. He doesn't just say, don't have heaviness, don't have a spirit of heaviness. He says, replace it with a new garment, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Third, when you feel like you're slipping into unbelief and compromise, you can always turn to the one great unfailing source of encouragement, and that is the Scripture. The Scripture is the place where we can draw encouragement. I think I put some, put Romans 15, verse 4 in your notes. It says this about the Scripture. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Hallelujah. Say that again, Papa Ross. <laughs> Say it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So great. This book gives us endurance and encouragement. So take encouragement today from the Lord. Take it every day as you uh, read and meditate in the word. Encouragement gets imparted to you. So I want to take a a few examples from scripture that I believe will encourage us in regard to our family. The first example I want us to look at is the Philippian jailer in Acts 16. I'll just give a little background on this and then we'll pick up in verse 29. But Paul and Silas were preaching the gospel for the first time in Philippi, a a city I believe in Greece. And they were preaching the gospel and they cast an evil spirit out of a young woman who was a fortune teller. And, and that threw the whole town, the whole, the whole city of Philippi, Philippi into an uproar because apparently she was really popular. They wanted their fortunes read and people were making money off of her. And when they cast the evil spirit out of her, then she was no longer able to operate that way. So the magistrates, the authorities, had Paul and Silas arrested. They had them beaten. 
And then they threw them into the maximum security prison with their feet in stocks. Now, I want you to picture this. It says they had them beaten. So they probably had bleeding wounds. They probably had bruises. And it was midnight. And, 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 you know, you can be cranky at midnight anyway. But they were bruised and sore and in pain and bleeding. But the Bible says in Acts 16, at midnight, they were singing hymns and praising God. Instead of moaning and complaining, they were worshiping and praising. And they could, the other prisoners were listening. That always blesses me to think that the, that the other prisoners were listening to worship and praise at midnight in a prison. They'd probably never seen any kind of prisoners like that. And so here they are worshiping. And then God intervenes and causes a tremendous earthquake that shook the foundation of the, of the jail, that opened the prison doors and caused the chains to fall off all the prisoners. So the jailer wakes up with this earthquake and he thinks all the prisoners have escaped. Wouldn't you think that? But according to Roman law, if you're the jailer in charge of prisoners and they escape, the penalty is you have to give your own life. You die if they escape. So the jailer was ready to commit suicide. Paul sees that the jailer is ready to commit suicide, and he says, hey, we're okay. We're all here. That's where we take it up here. Verse 29, Acts 16, the jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, I want you to notice the jailer asked the question only for himself. He said, what must I do to be saved? But Paul and Silas, as the spokesman of God in this given situation, they gave him a much wider answer than he'd asked for. They said, they answered him by saying, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And then they added, you and your household. He didn't even ask for his household. He hadn't even asked for that, but they promised him that if he would believe, not only would he be saved, but his whole household would be saved. So God's answer went much further than the question. Why? It's good to ask questions like that when you see something in Scripture like this. Why did God answer the question further than what he asked? Because it's important for us to understand that God answered it this way, you and your household, because this answer expresses the very nature of God. That's why God gave him that assurance. Because you see, God cares about families. He doesn't just care about individuals because families, please hear this, families are the expression of God's own father nature. God could have just created, there are six billion people on the planet right now. 
God could have just had six billion people created walking around the earth without the idea of family, where they're all just on their own. But God didn't do that. It's his nature to care about families. And so you're here today. You may be concerned about a family member. God is concerned too because he's a dad. He has a special fatherly care for families. Ephesians 3, 14 and 15 is a beautiful prayer of Paul. Look at what Paul prays. For this reason, this is his prayer. I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Notice there, every family, both in heaven and earth, derives its name, its identity from the name of God the Father. In fact, if you were to look, and I put the Greek words in the notes, if you were to look, the Greek word for father is directly related to the Greek word for family. It would be, for this reason I bow my knees to the pater is father, and patria is family. So I bow my knees to the pater of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole patria in heaven and earth is named. Why is this important? Because God is a God of families. And he's passionate about whole households coming to know him as father. That's why he added to the jailer's question. He said, not only, Paul and Silas were inspired by the Holy Spirit to say, not only will you be saved if you believe in Jesus Christ, but your whole household, all of your family members. I'm talking about your immediate families today and perhaps other extended families. It could be a husband or a wife, brother or sister, children, cousins. Paragraph C, God has compassion on the lonely. He doesn't like to see people lonely. I love that about him. The creator of the universe is a father and he wants us to be in family. I love that about him. Psalm 68, 5 and 6 says that he is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He wants us all to be part of a happy family. And maybe your family wasn't happy growing up. That's why it's so beautiful that God provides the body of Christ as the family of God. Because he wants us all to be in family. I think people get attacked by loneliness. It's, with social media, it still it's potentially makes people feel more lonely because everything's with a screen and everyone's Instagram or Facebook posts are showing everything's awesome. And so after 10 minutes of watching everybody's awesome life, the enemy comes in to make you feel lonely and detached. God's a God. He's a father. He cares about all of us and he wants to set us in to families. The nature of God and God's provision of salvation expresses his nature. It's what I'm trying to get across. It's not merely you. It's you and your household. Then it dawned on me this week. I became a believer in 1976 and it dawned on me as I was studying out this 
passage in Acts 16, that neither of my parents in 1976 knew the Lord, and my brother didn't know the Lord. You know, I talk about the joy, don't lose the joy of your salvation. I, I have thought again about how they all came to know the Lord over the years, and the joy that I had for my salvation, but then to see their salvation. My mom called me in tears one time when I was in Waco, Texas, said, I don't know if I, if I, if I died, if I'd go to heaven. Will you pray with me? My dad had two months to live back in 2000. And I, went, I flew to Albuquerque to see him. And I'm driving to the hospital and the Holy Spirit spoke in my heart your dad is going to come to know me today. You see, God cares about my whole family. And I'm driving to Anna Caseman Hospital in Albuquerque going, really? Yeah. What do I say to him? He's hated me for being a Christian all my life. <laughs> you know? The Holy Spirit spoke in my heart. He said, tell your dad, you can't make up for time that's been lost in this life. My parents were divorced when I was eight. He said, Tell your dad, you cannot make up for lost time here, but we can make up for it in heaven. <laughs> My dad, that's, all, that's basically what I said. He said, pray with me. For the next two months, I'd call him and he'd say, before anything, hey, let's pray for your brother. Hey, I was watching Benny Hinn on TV. Hey, and I'm, I'm like, he really got saved. You know? <laughs> and then my brother, before that, I invited my brother to hear some scientists who are Christians give a, give a lecture at the Baptist church. And my brother's standing there. He hadn't, ever, hadn't been to church. I, the day before, I said, Wes, you want to go to church with me? He goes, okay. We're, standing in, we're sitting in church, standing there at the end as the altar call. They're, they're singing. And the Holy Spirit taps me again and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save your brother Today, I'm basically, you know, he's going to come to know me today. Are you willing to disciple him? Are you willing to take responsibility? And I kind of thought a little bit, you know, he really bugs me a lot. He's my older brother. And I mean, I didn't fight a whole lot, but I was honest. I was like, okay, Lord, I will. I will take care and disciple. And the next thing I knew, he lifted his hand and walked down and got born again, received the Lord. The joy of that. Why do I share those things? Because God's a God of families. He wants you and your household. What's the condition? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all, let's believe and keep the word to a believer in scripture is one who continues to believe. So I'm sharing this today to exhort all of us. Let's continue believing daily in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's encourage each other to believe with all of our heart and watch what he does in our families. I want to look one last example here, Noah. A second example. It's an encouragement from Scripture. And, you know, I wonder, but by the way, I wondered whether or not to share those illustrations from my own life because I thought, Lord, I don't want someone to feel bad. And then the Holy Spirit, I asked Susanna, I said, do you think it's okay? I don't want anybody to feel condemned. And she immediately said, no, Glenn, share those testimonies because they're testimonies. Because, you know, if God does it for you, he'll do it. He wants to do it for everybody. 
So we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Let's look at Noah. This is a man from the Old Testament. You all know who he, who he was. He enjoyed this family salvation, which is what God offers to all of us today. I pray even now your, your hope is getting up, that there's encouragement coming. Genesis 6, 5 through 8. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. And then look at verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a different man from all the men in his generation. And God looked on him with mercy and prepared to save Noah. But he didn't just prepare to save Noah just on his own. He prepared to save Noah and his entire household. Look at Genesis 7, verse 1. This is what the Lord says to Noah. And I got the New American Standard Version so that we would see something here. Then the Lord said to Noah, enter the ark, you and all your household. For you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. Now that's an important statement. Enter the ark, you and your household, for you alone I have seen to be righteous. It was Noah's righteousness alone that caused God to spare him. But God didn't just spare Noah alone. He spared him and his household. I want to stop right there and say, does that mean that, pe that people just automatically get saved because one family member is living for God? No. Every human being has a choice. But when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, like the Philippian jailer, like Noah, then God opens the eyes of our family members so that they can choose. And when you see a flood coming and you see an ark and a door opening, you're going to choose the ark. <laughs> Your eyes get opened. The ark was the place of safety and security and salvation. And it was because of one man's righteousness that he then provided for the whole family. God loves families. And he wants the families of the earth to come to know him as father of that family. So we don't have to plead and cajole and pull on God and say, God, will you care about my family? He's a father. He knows he cares. When I was at some of the toughest times with my adult children battling, I would lay on pillows over here and I would cry and cry as a dad. And I, a lot of my hours, I'd be like, God, do you care? Do you see my kids? And then Misty Edwards would sing in the prayer room on spontaneously. They call these oracles or spontaneous songs. She would sing, your baby, the Lord, I hear the Lord singing, your babies are my babies. 
your babies are my babies. And I'd be like, and it would just break in the father heart. He's like, Glenn, I love Kyle so much more than you do. I love Grace so much more. Your babies are my babies. God had Noah prepare the ark, that place of safety and salvation for him and his household. Rachel, could you and the team come up? I want to say this about salvation. He said, you shall be saved, you and your house. What must I do to be saved? And then here we see the, the picture of the ark and the Lord saying, enter the ark, you and your household, for you alone I've seen righteous before me. The word salvation is an all-inclusive word. So if you're here today and you're going, yeah, this message has just all been about uncle so-and-so or my brother or so-and-so, or, and that's true, but the, that, that if they haven't been born again, but salvation is more than that. It's the Greek word sozo, and it means wholeness. And so picture coming into the ark and that the storm out there is a storm of, of disease or poverty, okay? The, the escape into salvation includes physical healing. It includes emotional healing, mental healing. It includes material blessing. And it includes spiritual salvation. Let's stand up, if you would, to your feet. Let's worship the Lord. I want to impress on you it's the very nature of God that we're seeing as Father. He already cares for our families. And so as we worship for these next moments, I want us to line up our feelings about our family with how God already feels about them. Where's your concern today? Where is there a need for salvation? I think we start with meeting that qualification of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, being counted righteous before God. Noah was counted righteous. Thankfully, we don't earn righteousness, but we do repent and ask for the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. So I think that's the first thing we do. Lord, would you, if it helps you just to open your hands right now, Lord, we, we ask for greater belief. Whatever level we've been discouraged whatever level we've had unbelief, whatever level we have given in to compromise because we thought, oh, well, it's just never going to happen. Lord, we repent. We put on the robe of righteousness, <coughs> the gift of righteousness. We receive and we thank you for it.
and we claim the promise. And not only will we experience, so if you need salvation in your own life right now, be it physical, emotional, mental, healing of a brokenness, it's a spiritual fresh fire coming. Holy Spirit, would you come like fire? We know you caused that earthquake and you opened those prison doors. So would you come now and break us out of the prison? With fresh faith, ask God to heal you right now, physically. With fresh faith, right now, ask him to heal you physically right now. Touch that part that needs healing. Word earlier, someone had with torn labrum, that's something in the shoulder. Just put your hand on, the, on that area say, and, and say, I believe for fresh, for healing. Fresh faith. Lord, we believe for salvation to come to our household, for the, that sick family member to get healed, for that lost family member, the prodigal to come. Lord, we know we're not earning righteousness, but we stand in the righteousness that is the gift given us. You say, by the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we reign in this life. So by the blood of Jesus, we put on the robe of righteousness. We cast off heaviness. Lord, I repent for letting discouragement get to me in different times in different ways. Repent right now of giving into discouragement because it's a spirit. The way you get out is say, and not just say, but worship and receive. I'd like Rachel and the team to play right now for a few moments. Receive the garment of praise right now. If you, if you specifically would like to come forward, there's freedom here. Receive the garment of praise. And that spirit of heaviness has to go. There's no way you, it's gonna, he's not going to try to come back because you've already got this beautiful Joseph mini-color coat on called the, the, the garment of praise. So put it on right now and, and, begin, and begin to thank him and say, you care about my household. That lost relative, you care. Let's receive. Let's put on that garment of praise.